Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. And we are off and running. We were going to do a fist bump here. We're going to do that? Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. We're off and running. It is a Tuesday night. Week two, sayonara. Week three, full steam ahead. We will get the Carolina Panthers, a team that we are going to talk about a little yes, bit later on in yes. this hour. The 2-0 red hot Carolina Panthers and Davis Mills, like we had all for. Davis Mills will get the start on Thursday night as right now the Carolina Panthers sit as an eight-point favorite here at Circa. It's up to eight. Eight and a half at DraftKings, wow. there is a seven and a half out there. Our good friends over at the South Point have seven and a half. So, some differences out there in the marketplace, depending on uh, which sides you like. But that is where we stand to start week number three. Carolina visiting the Houston Texans, and then on to week three on Sunday, Monday night. Philadelphia visiting the Dallas Cowboys. So before you know it, Sean, we get a couple days rest. Get to get to you know. Take your naps like you like to do, you know, yeah. late in the evening, and uh, we're off to week number three. The good thing is, after the Monday night game, maybe the only time outside of week one, someone that's in the lead in the NFC East will be above 500. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you are. We are guaranteed. Well, yeah, Dallas and Philly, one will be two and one. Let's stay tied. <laughs> Let's stay tied. That's Let's, what I was let's saying. Stay tied. Unless we get a tie, uh, that is a possibility. We have to track these milestones. When that division gets teams above 500, I mean that's a milestone. We have to track these things. I was uh, I'm keeping an eye on some uh, some baseball action. Ooh, terrible base running by Bryce Harper. Uh, a lot of a lot of close pennant races. We'll get to those a little bit later on. Bryce Harper, by the way, now the favorite to win National League MVP. It seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. It would be Fernando Tatis Jr. And now Bryce Harper, the favorite to win. MVP in the National League. It's it's funny in baseball how every two and a half, three weeks, the favorite changes. Yeah, well, except Shohei Otani. Right. right. <laughs> Other than him, yeah, I mean, you look at, and once again, we'll take a deeper dive into the awards later on in the show, but uh, you look at NL Cy Young for a while, it seemed like, oh, don't even waste your money. It's All DeGrom, sure. it's yep. DeGrom, yep. it's DeGrom. Yep. He gets hurt. Handful of other guys, Corbin Burns, and now Max Scherzer has uh, gotten red hot. Robbie Ray is the favorite in the American League. So we got pennant races going on. The Cardinals are red hot. They have won nine in a row. They're trying to put their pedal to the metal and leave uh, leave everybody in there. Uh, the dust there with the, be the Padres or 
the Reds, who just can't beat anybody. They're losing to the. I do have a question for you. Yeah. Does Vlad have any chance of catching? I don't. So he as AL MVP? I don't personally think so. I know the guys this morning on Follow the Money uh, discussed this. To me, it has to be Shohei Otani. But man, he is he's, he's having, he is having a hell of a year. And uh, the Blue Jays up four two right now on the bottom of the eighth inning. They're trying to lock up that top wild card spot so they can host either the Red Sox, Yankees, Mariners, whoever it may be, who grabs Tip that number. Tip the cap two. to uh, Salvador. I think it's Salvador, Salvador Perez. Perez. Yeah, yeah. First catcher to hit forty six dingers in a year. Yep, it's a big milestone. He was. Uh, I called him when he was. Uh, the catcher for the Wilmington Blue Rocks he's, coming up. He's got to be like 51 and a half, right? He's old, man. I feel like he's been well, playing forever. Once again, I called him, and I, I haven't called baseball games in 10 years. So <laughs> it was a while ago. Yeah, he's Tip of the cap. Congratulations, big dog. Hell of a year there for the Kansas City Royals. All right, we'll get to baseball a little bit later on, but let's dive in uh, to week three. And, you know, we talked to Ben Fox a little bit yesterday uh, about how these weeks have fared for the books. And it's been good. You've seen a lot of dogs been covering. Uh, we've discussed that. A little nugget that our producer Aaron Oster pulled for us, which is these road underdogs that have been covering at a remarkable clip. 13-5 and five against the spread so far. Uh, so let's just take a look at some road underdogs heading into week two. And we start with Indianapolis at Tennessee. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess they had to put a number up. Right now, you're looking at Indianapolis, uh, five-and-a-half-point favorite, or excuse me, dog, I beg your pardon, at Tennessee, uh, going up against uh, the Titans there. Who's going to be the quarterback? I, I mean, I assume it's going to be Jacob Eason. I think. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if Jacob Eason is necessarily a downgrade. I don't know, man. I mean, well, if Indy can get we someone saw to when play he a came clean in, game. When he came, yeah, but are we going to get that? I don't know. He came in and threw a pick right away. But I think that's the difficult issue for the Indianapolis Colts is Carson is a turnover machine. I mean, outside of a small stretch the year that Philly went to the Super Bowl, while he was still healthy, I mean, he's kind of been this roller coaster ride of talent and turnovers. And no one's been able to coach it out of him yet. It's definitely detrimental to the team's success. I think if Andy could do it over again, they'd go in a different direction. Well, now you think about it, too, on two fronts. Indianapolis is sitting at 0-2. Tennessee's 1-1. One one. They had the magical comeback against Seattle what down two touchdowns. To uh, yeah, yeah. They were down, what, 30-16, to right? Yeah. End up coming back to win that game in overtime. And now Tennessee's got a really big opportunity to take a stranglehold on this division with a win at home against Indianapolis. They would go up 3-0. Uh, you know, Indianapolis would be 1-2, loss in the division. Excuse, excuse me. 2-1 for Tennessee, 0-3 for Indianapolis, I beg your pardon. So this is a big spot for Tennessee. You do wonder uh, if this is, if Tennessee figured things out. I mean, Tannehill played well against Seattle, put up big numbers, and then Derrick Henry just, you know. Julio looked good. Just was bulldozing, dude. Yeah. So uh, this would be, this is a stay-away game for me. Uh, you know, I, I like to play dogs. I like those fishy line, I, I don't want anything to do with If them. it's Jacob Eason, I, I like Tennessee. I mean, I just, when you have young guys like that who I didn't think highly of coming out of college from an NFL starter standpoint, now all of a sudden they have to go on the road against a team that you know feels like they have to win. A division this game. This game, yeah, Tennessee knows they can't start 0-2 at home. So, I mean, they're going to be focused, locked in. I just, you know, these quarterbacks normally in these situations don't fare well. What about Washington? Washington going on the road to Buffalo. I can tell you one thing, and I know uh, producer Aaron Oster has already done so. Buffalo will be a popular teaser uh, option uh, because they're sitting at eight and a half in most spots, eight at DraftKings. You could bounce them down to two. Uh, pro- pretty pretty low total sitting at 46 at DraftKings, 45 and a half in other spots. So you're getting a little bit more value on that uh, on those points there with a low point total. Um, Buffalo's last... You know, performance, they were impressive, man. They go down to Miami, they win 35 to nothing. Tua gets hurt. Oh, but Jacoby Brissett, not that big of a drop-off uh, in many people's eyes. And Washington, just by the, you know, the skin on their teeth, they get a victory against the Giants. And the defense just has not looked that sharp for Washington so far. I would be very surprised if Washington walks into Buffalo, gets a win. That said, could I see them covering... Yes, I could see this being a touchdown game. 
I don't think so. I think what Washington allegedly does really well is negate it when you play a team like Buffalo because of Josh Allen's size and athleticism. And you know what's sorry, you know what's interesting? So I think Washington's defense has continued to struggle. Taylor Heineke, this is going to be his, I think, fourth start in his career. He's never had, he's never started on the road. Tampa home game, week 17 last year. Tampa, I'm talking about the playoff game, last week against the uh, against the Giants. This will be his first road start against, you know, the, the Bills Mafia up there. Uh, this is going to be a tough spot for Washington to go in there to take a win. But do they get that cover? That will remain to be seen. Once again, the number so far, 13-5 and five road underdogs against the number. This is a spot I think you like. New Orleans at New England and New England laying three against the Saints. Yeah, I think New Orleans bounces back, full coaching staff. Again, Belichick's a genius. He's a wizard. Probably two of the best minds in the, in the game. Sean Payton on one sideline, Bill Belichick on the other. One on the offensive side, one on the defensive. I go with the guy, the team with the better quarterback. As much as I like Mac Jones, you know, I think uh, Jameis is MVP candidate when this is all said and done. I don't know if he'll win it, but I think he'll have a season deserving of having his name mentioned and I think they bounce back. I don't think people understand how significant it is not having a half a coach, uh, coaching staff. The players have nothing to do with the game plan 99% of the time. They show up, the game plan gets presented to them, they figure out how they fit into that game plan, and they go about the business of making the game plan cohesive throughout all the different parts of the team. But when you don't have the people there that actually implement the game plan, that's a significant handicap, and I think that's what – Happened last week with New Orleans' performance down in Charlotte. They bounced back. I like them to go to New England and get the win. Los Angeles, the Chargers, visiting the Chiefs. Another big road dog here. Chargers coming off that tough loss. The Chargers just keeps games close, though. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to Kansas City. This open 7.5 went through the key number. Now it's sitting at 6.5. I like the Chargers in this spot to keep this thing close. I do. I actually like them to win. Again, I think the Chiefs are flawed. They've really struggled. Their defense is, I mean, they've Justin struggled Herbert defending can... the run. And Austin Eckler's having a, uh, he had an outstanding game against the Cowboys. He showed some slashes of brilliance in the, the opener against Washington. Justin Herbert is extremely talented for a young quarterback. They have weapons. I like the Chargers to make this a fourth quarter game and figure out how to win it. How about this game? <laughs> the New York football Giants are a favorite against a team not named Houston. The Atlanta Falcons, oh, how the, I wouldn't say mighty, but man, we were thinking Atlanta, at least I was. This could be a promising year. They were kind of in the game against Tampa Bay. They are a three-point dog at the Giants. Do you hear that? That's the Houston Texans calling and saying, put some respect on their name. <laughs> David Culley said, what's that? Do I want third and ten, or do I want a fourth down? Put it! Nah, punt, bring out the punt team! Forget this, let's bring out the punt team. Well, speaking of those Houston Texans, they've got a new quarterback. What does Sean King think of Davis Mills? It is the nightcap here on VSIN. This is the nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Nightcap here on VEASAN. Overreaction Tuesday. Got that coming up in 30 minutes. We'll head to Houston. H-Town. That's what the cool kids are calling it. H-Town. Coming up bottom of the hour with uh, Adam Body Wexler. knocking the boots. Got a lot going on. Got a lot going on. It's one of the best songs ever. What's that? Somebody rocking, knocking the boots. By a group named H-Town. Oh. That's why when you said H-Town. Yeah. You'll learn. Music, not a thing for me. All right. Not so much. Didn't used to be. So, so, Life so, is about evolution and change, and you're in a metamorphosis right now. No, I mean, I, I'd much rather learn turn about... Turn it into cool, Tim. Nah, there's there's no chance. that Those days are long gone. Oh, yeah. You could try your best, you know, with your have former you a, NFL quarterback mojo. Hey, I'll over have you with a smoker jacket in two months. It's Don't never going to happen. Yeah. I'll never be cool. Never be cool. I'm a six-foot-six ginger your who... face tattoo. Who... <laughs> <laughs> all i'll say is i'm never going out with you on a saturday night it worked I, for machine gun kelly dude don't don't come on don't 
Me and MGK, I'm not going to get in a rap beef with Eminem anytime soon. Get so somebody to write your lyrics. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. MGK, you do your thing. I, I side with Eminem. All right. Um, Davis Mills. People were a little surprised to see him leave Stanford early. But then once you started to read more about him and you looked at the size and the projectability, all that, it made some sense. I know the Stanford coaches thought he was going to come back and they were excited about the prospect of Davis Mills and maybe the realistic possibility of him being the number one overall pick in 2022. But he left and he ended up being a third round pick to the Houston Texans. And now because of what has all unfolded with the Sean Watson situation, now it's Tyrod Taylor uh, with his injury, unfortunate because he was playing incredibly well. Davis Mills gets the keys to the car down there in Houston, sitting as an eight-point underdog on Thursday night. Before we get into the Texans, what was your pre-draft breakdown of Davis Mills? Pudding. Really? Yeah, he's pudding. Just because he went to the Pac-12 school? Uh, part of it. The other part being, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't really do anything at an elite level. He's a below-average athlete. He has average arm talent. He has slightly above-average ball location, but, I mean, there's nothing about him that jumps off the screen and makes you say, wow. Now, he's also not terrible in any area, outside of the fact that I don't think he's very mobile. But he went to Stanford. Stanford's a high-profile program. You know, he looks the part physically. If he walked in the studio right now, and someone said that's an NFL quarterback, you say, okay, I believe him. Right. Yeah. He's a big dude. But he doesn't have near the accomplishments, even at the collegiate level, of any of these guys that were just drafted in the 2020 draft. I mean, you're talking about a guy who threw seven touchdowns and three picks and 11 touchdowns and five picks the year before. So 18 and eight, and he declared for the draft. He dealt with a lot of injuries through his college career last year with the COVID situation. Uh, You know, they only played a handful of games uh, in his debut last weekend, 8 for 18, 102 yards, a touchdown, and an interception uh, in that loss to the Cleveland Browns. So now they get to Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. And you've been high on the Panthers. I have. I bet the Panthers, I took them in Survivor Week 1. Uh, I bet them last week, and, and they won that outright. Uh, now they're a massive road favorite, which is uh, an unusual spot for the Carolina Panthers in recent years. Lay an eight and a half uh, at DraftKings and, and other spots around that same number. Eight here at Circa, seven and a half, as I mentioned, uh, at South Point. What, and we'll, we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into the Panthers maybe in, in the overreaction Tuesday because I know you want to discuss that. But what to you, what stands out so much about the Panthers? And do they cruise on Thursday night with Davis Mills at quarterback for Houston? And, Let's be honest, a, a coach that decided to decline a penalty and punt the ball away. <laughs> I think a lot like the Cardinals when we talk about Arizona. The overall talent on the Panthers roster is really, really good. Like from a just individual talent standpoint, every unit they have but the offensive line I think has top ten players in it. So Sam Darnold was a big question mark. He looks rejuvenated. He looks like the highly rated kid coming out of Southern Cal that everybody – you know, thought would be a pro bowler, uh, MVP candidate in this league. So if that continues, then they have the weapons and the talent to go far. However, the question was, do they sail on Thursday night? This is uncharted territories for, for the Panthers. Right. They're used to being three-point favorites, not eight and a half. Or they're used to being underdogs. Right. So we don't know how to gauge their attention to detail in this position. And they were Everybody's underdogs. focus they... when they lose yeah, or when they're down or when their back's against the wall. Very few teams have sustainability when it comes to attention to detail and focus when they're having success. Because that's when you're like, okay, we got it. You know, let me hang out a little bit longer than I did the week before. You know, let me put a little more attention to ticket requests this week. Instead of going home and putting an extra two, three hours in your playbook, you're like, I got it. When you leave the building. And a talented team can still win Thursday night, but it takes an elite team to cover these kind of numbers on the road in these island games. Christian McCaffrey... When you look at what he has been so far this year, Phenomenal. and he's just... Highest rated player on Madden. <laughs> he's so good. So you're looking at uh, his stats so far this season, Sean. Um, game one uh, against, the Patri- uh, against, uh, against the Jets, 
pull up his full log here. Uh, he had 89 receiving yards, 98 rushing yards. Last week, a little bit of a drop-off, but still five receptions, 65 yards, 72 yards on the ground. So last week, he rushed and re- had 137 total yards combined. So the reason I bring that up, his prop at DraftKings, which I always find intriguing, because when you look at receiving and rushing yards for him, it's 135 and a half total. rushing and receiving yards. He's eclipsed that in both games so far this season. Uh, receptions for Christian McCaffrey sits at five and a half, which is an interesting number considering he had nine in the opener at five against New Orleans. He's been targeted 15 times, 14 he has brought in. Do you expect from what you've seen from the Texans defense, is this a spot where Sam Darnold on the road, first time this year they've been on the road, you go to your security blanket and Christian McCaffrey more. Well, I think you always take the over with a talent like McCaffrey. I was fortunate enough to actually get to coach him this past summer. I was there on an internship for about 35, 40 days. Tremendous, tremendous player. His attention to detail, his commitment to doing it right every rep. You, you understand why when he's been healthy, he's been dynamic, and he's the highest rated you know NFL player on Madden. Having said that, the only thing that scares me about those props for this game. Mm-hmm. If Carolina's up, if they do, if this, if this is easy, smooth sailing, he's probably not in the game in the fourth. Mm. So he has to get it early. And if he is in the game in the fourth, it's probably because Houston has done a good job of defending the run, which means he hasn't been as productive. If you look at that total, it's only, what, 42 and a half. So Vegas isn't expecting this high-scoring game. No one thinks. It's the lowest total on the board. I think there's one game that's 41. So yeah, think, you're right. right. Sorry, Jets and Denver's yeah. 41. So Vegas is saying, the odds makers, the books, are saying it's not going to be a high-scoring game. No one thinks Davis Mills and Sam Darnold are going to put on a Dak Prescott, Tom Brady-type show on Thursday <laughs> night that we saw two weeks ago. You don't so. think we're going to be mesmerized on Thursday <laughs> night, Sean? What are you talking so about? So to me, the only danger in that is if the Panthers are up 24, let's say 7, into the third, he's not playing in the fourth. So if he hasn't gotten it by then you could kind of be in one of those situations where, yeah, this is unfortunate. Just going back to Houston, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, about this with Adam Wexler here at the bottom of the hour, but when you look at this team, and we know where they were expected to be, uh, some people thought they would be so bad that you should play the Jaguars in your survivor. Hopefully none of our listeners did that. They listened to us. But that said, when we talked about the Houston Texans preseason, you and more emphatically than I, but I, I was on the same train of thought, you know, Tyrod Taylor's a pro. He's pro made a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Davis Mills is a third-round pick who is really more potential than uh, you know, production so far, at least coming from his collegiate career as you rattled off his numbers. Where does this Texans team stand moving forward? Are they now, because of the injury to uh, Tyrod Taylor, the worst team talent-wise in the NFL? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I think if you watch Texans-Browns, it doesn't look like the Browns have much better players than the Texans. Like They look competent. They have guys that have played in this league. However, they're a completely different team without Tyrod Taylor because of the leadership, the composure that he brings to that offense. Now you take all of that out with Davis Mills. When adversity hits, how do they handle it? And again, we're going to find out a lot about Davis. I wasn't as high on him as a lot of people. I wouldn't have been looking in the third round at drafting a quarterback. But, you know, Houston Texans have done stranger things. Tyrod Taylor, before he got injured, 10 of 11 on Sunday. 125 yards and a touchdown. So what does it mean for the Texans moving forward? When slash if? Will we see Deshaun Watson? We'll head to Texas and Houston next right here on the Nightcap. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. 
With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. This football season, your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only 22 bucks a month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com backslash subscribe alongside Super Bowl champion Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Your Tampa Bay Rays just fell to the hands of the Toronto Blue Jays, who still uh, trying to hold on and get themselves a wild, a wild card berth there for uh They're in the Toronto. wild card, I think. Yeah, they speak. are right yeah, now. They're trying to hold off the Yankees and the A's and the Mariners. Uh, the Red Sox have, a, uh, have the top spot right now. Toronto's a dangerous team. They are. Because they can rake. But again, who's in first? That would be your Tampa Bay Rays. That's right, the fighting Sean Kings, baby. Well, who's in first is, uh, well, not the oh, it's Houston Texans They're are tied for one. first. Yeah. Tied for first. Let's, uh, let's head down to Houston, bring in Adam Wexler, host of the A-Team, 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time on Sports Talk 790. Hey, Adam, just a philosophical question. Would you rather have the ball third and 10, or would you rather punt the ball away on fourth down? I mean, my neck still hurts from shaking my head so much at that ridiculous call. Hey, Adam, you I'm old school. You can be a rookie head coach all you want, but oh my gosh, that's just, that's giving up. I'm How old school, Adam, I'm old school. Give the ball away. <laughs> yes, we noticed that when it happened, and he did, he was asked about it after the game and said, you know, he kind of wasn't sure what, you know, what he would do, and he'd have to think about it, and then the next day he said, yes, if I had to do that over again, I would have let my offense have a chance to convert a third and 10 instead of punting. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski's face was probably the best of just kind of slowly cracking a little bit of a smile as they punted away. But hey, here on this show, Adam, we look towards the future, even though I think that decision kind of plays into how you want to bet the Houston Texans (laughs) moving forward. Um, So Davis uh, Davis Mills is the guy. Um, What should we expect? What do you expect from Davis Mills making his first career start. He gets it uh, at the friendly confines there in Houston, NRG Stadium. So that's a positive. But from what you've seen, limited sample size against Cleveland, from what you saw in training camp, what should folks expect to see from the rookie out of Stanford? Well, one thing as it relates to what they're going to do, I think what you'll see is more of the same. They're second in the NFL in rushing attempts. 
I doubt that changes with a rookie quarterback back there. They ran a ton in the opener, not all that successfully, but it accomplished their goal of, you know, keeping their offense on the field, keeping the Jaguars out of rhythm and, you know, keeping their defense fresh. And then they tried to do more of the same against Cleveland. Again, not all that successful while they're second in the league in rushing attempts. They're near the bottom of the league in yards per attempt. Mark Ingram and David Johnson and Philip Lindsay handling the workload. I don't think the offensive game plan, like I said, will change a whole lot. He's not going to likely gain a whole lot of yards with his legs like Tyrod Taylor would have, but I do think he's capable of moving around in the pocket, extending plays a little bit in an attempt to still find somebody down the field rather than, than run it on his own. But uh, they run an offense that, that uh, is fairly simplistic, a lot of pick plays, a lot of rubs. Guys are open, have been over the first two weeks of the season, and they'll probably have a little bit less time to throw the football against the Panthers than they have in their first two games, but they will definitely look to get it out quickly, and he did get it out quickly in his one half of football against the Browns. Adam Wexler here on the nightcap. Adam, we are all about prop backs and player props, and through the first two weeks, Brandon Cooks, 14 catches, 300 yards, I think two touchdowns. Is this sustainable? Is this surprising? Or is it was this kind of the buzz coming out of training camp that people were expecting him to have this kind of production? I don't think that, t- that people expected their offense to click like it has. And now it, it might go back to what they thought. Because a lot of that credit goes to Tyrod Taylor. He had had an outstanding start to the season. Uh, his completion percentage was up. His yards per attempt was way up. And Brandon Cooks was a big part of all that. So it's, I'm a little bit hesitant to say it can be sustained because of that. But the targets are going to be there. The Texans targeted 28 passes last week. He was on the target end of it 14 times. Half of their throws went his way. Uh, So that I don't think is going to change, even if defenses try to slide coverages there. They line him up all over the place. He does line up in the slot. He obviously is a deep threat. And he can make something happen after the catch. So they like to get him the ball, even on some of those quick hitters. So that part of it probably is the sustainable. If he's still seeing those targets, I still expect him uh, to make a lot of catches, averaging seven a week. He was in the end zone last week on that short rub play uh, right at the goal line. It was basically as uh, I think the announcers were right in noting some of the Patriots' history to some of the Texans' playbook. That looked a lot like the, uh, the play that Malcolm Butler was on the receiving end of from Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl. The Texans just executed it properly. Adam, just like every other NFL season, nothing really goes as planned. Plan two weeks ago was to start Tyrod Taylor, get Davis some experience whenever possible, and Deshaun Watson not be active or Mm -hmm. a part of the game plan. However, Tyrod Taylor now is out on a team that looks to be much more competitive than initially thought. Is there any chance of seeing Deshaun Watson? And if not, has there been some agreement made between Deshaun, the Texans, and the NFL to if this is about it by, then whatever happens, happens? Well, the first part of the question, I think, is, is kind of tied to the second. But the answer is he's not going to be a part of this team. He's not going to play this week. He's not going to participate in practice this week. He's not going to be in a uniform on Thursday night. And the same is going to be true, at least through the deadline. And if you sell a Texan after November 2nd, then I suspect it will remain true for all 17 regular season games. Your second question is what I think we all think there's probably an answer to that is yes, but I don't think anybody knows that for certain. There's some thought around the league that if Watson was moved, some of the hesitancy from other teams is that that's the moment that the league would finally step in and say, well, here's what we're going to do right now, or potentially put him on the exempt list. Uh, I do think that's a hard thing to do, even with what they may have found out in their investigation, which is at its infancy stages, because when does he come off? What, What would have to happen for him to get off of that list considering none of this has reached a courtroom yet, and it's nowhere near getting there. So I think that the answer is uh, that they're a little unsure of what exactly the NFL has done here. There's obviously an agreement between the Texans and Watson just amongst themselves that he won't play, he's going to get paid, and they'll see if anything happens at the deadline. And I still suspect the answer is no, he will remain a Houston Texan. Chat once again with Adam Wexler, host on Sports Talk 790. Check out his show, The A-Team, from 3 to 6 p.m. Central each and every weekday. Uh, Adam, you mentioned, just going back to the run game, you mentioned your anticipation for Thursday night, and it makes sense. Short week, making your first start. Let's keep it simple. Let's get the ball into our hands of our running backs that, you know, Mark Ingram showed well, very well in, in week one. Now, they had Tyrod Taylor, who added a, a, a different elements, maybe kept the defense off balance a little bit. But I'm looking at prop bets right now at DraftKings. 
Mark Ingram, 33 and a half yards. David Johnson, 20 and a half yards. They eclipsed both of those marks last week against Cleveland. And just listening to you, I anticipate them to get a lot of work uh, early and often. So would you anticipate both, one, none, to go over those numbers? They sound so unbelievably low. Right? So I would, I, I, yes, that's crazy. For They're both going to play. I, I think the split will probably be similar because David Johnson's only had nine carries all season, whereas Mark Ingram's had 40. I still think they're going to lean on Ingram. He's definitely the guy they'd like to see inside the 10, inside the 5. He's always had that nose for the end zone and has been their guy in the red zone. And they haven't handed it to Philip Lindsay hardly at all this season, even though he's been on the field quite a bit. So I, I would have to think both of those uh, are going to end up going over one decent size run, and you're almost already there. But then you're still scared of that notion because David Johnson hasn't had a run over eight yards this year, and Mark Ingram on 40 carries doesn't have a run over 11 yards this year. I'd still lean on the over. Again, uh, the, the pass rush and speed of the Panthers' defense is what stands out the most. And if they're rushing upfield, maybe the Texans catch them with a draw. Maybe there's uh, a couple of different ways. with ex- They're going to have two tight end sets out there almost the entire game. Uh, those numbers are so low, I'd have to think they'll pop for more than that. All right, Adam, before we let you run, about 30 seconds right now, you're looking at Houston as an eight-point home underdog with a total of 42-and-a-half here at Circa. What is your prediction for Thursday night? Well, the Texans have a chance to go 3-0 and against the number, but they're starting a rookie quarterback. If he doesn't make any mistakes, I still think that's going to be tough uh, for them to, to get uh, inside of that. I, I would suspect this is a game, especially off of what the Panthers did to Jameis Winston and the Saints, uh, where they get into town on a short week, handle their business. McCaffrey probably has a pretty good day, and I would lean on them covering that, even on the road at such a high number. I do think it probably ends up going over. I think the Texans will find their way to, to a couple scores. If they get a couple scores, and uh, the defense has still given up points, 21 to Jacksonville, 31 last week to Cleveland, and you'd see an over there. You can follow Adam on Twitter, at Adam J. Wexler. Check him out, Sports Radio 790 in Houston. Adam, always a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Anytime. Appreciate it, guys. There it is. Sports Talk 790 in Houston. The A-Team. Check it out. 3 to 6 p.m. Central. That's Sean. I'm Tim. Could the Las Vegas Raiders be playing in the Super Bowl? Overreactions from the weekend that was next right here on the Nightcap. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. 
There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. That's according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Super Bowl champ, Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Once again, another way to uh, check us out. You can check out this handsome gentleman going blazer list today in mourning for mm-hmm. uh, his survivor plays. That's right, all week long. Uh, but uh, YouTube TV, check us out there. Fubo TV, Sling, all those ways you can check us out. Also the iHeart app. So many ways to consume VEASAN 21 hours of live content, Mr. King. Mm-hmm. All right. Started to do this. Don't, don't apologize. We, uh, these are some things that we believe could come true. Ultimately, probably won't, but they're long shots. So we call it a little overreaction <clears throat> Tuesday. We digest the whole weekend. From what we saw, we think this has a chance of happening. So, Mr. King, the floor is yours because the team that resides about three minutes from my home in Henderson, Nevada, plays their games just on the other side of the strip. The Las Vegas Raiders are 2-0. and Derek Carr looks like the real deal this year, and you think they could be playing into the month of February. Yes, absolutely. And I'm using this as an overreaction, but I don't know that I'm reaching that far. The milk is just on the edge of the table. It's not other other side of the table on the floor. And here's why. Derek Carr, right now, first in the NFL in passing yards and ninth in touchdown passes. So through two weeks, he's top 10 in those categories, leading the entire league. Think about all the expectations. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jameis Winston, Tom Brady, Derek Carr is first and passing yards through two games. That sometimes can be a shallow, empty statistic, but they're 2-0. and So that legitimizes the actual number. Darren Waller, top 10 in receptions. See how much he was targeted week one. You see in week two, there was an emphasis by Pittsburgh to take Waller away, and guess what? There was a Henry Ruggs sight. Yep. And so if he can come along and continue to get better, now you have a downfield threat that opens up, creates more space for your big all-star tight end and Darren Waller to operate. I love what they're doing offensively. This isn't a one-sided ball club. Denzel Perriman, a late pickup in the offseason during training camp from the Carolina Panthers, is third in the National Football League with 22 tackles. I don't remember hearing Denzel Perriman's name called in either game that I watched, so the fact that he's being that productive is really, really encouraging. Also, Max Crosby and Solomon Thomas have combined for four sacks. They're getting pressure on the opposing team's quarterback. Those are all sustainable traits if John Gruden can keep dialing up the right plays at the right time. I like the Raiders to win the AFC. What about the loss of Gerald McCoy? How much is that? He's a rotational D lineman. At one point, Gerald McCoy was disruptive. He was elite. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was a third pick in the draft to Tampa. However, he's battled some injuries over the last chapter of his career, and he was a rotational guy that you'd love to have, but it's not like you lost one of your, your 65, 70 play a game guys. Right now, Las Vegas at DraftKings, 22 to 1 to win the AFC. That's 2 and 0 start to start the season. That's not outrageous. I know. Yeah. You've got longer shots in your in your back pocket. So, look, what we've seen so far, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. All right, I'll give you a little bit of an overreaction, but I believe this absolutely can come true. And I have talked about this quarterback, others have talked about this quarterback. I said he's a long shot to win the Heisman. I don't think that's going to happen. But could he go number one when Roger Goodell steps to the microphone in late April here in Las Vegas? 
I think he can. And get yourself a plus 750 ticket on Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty. He's got an opportunity on a national stage on the road at Syracuse this weekend. Six and a half point favorites are the Liberty Flames. They put up numbers. Auburn transfer so far this year, what's been impressive. Now, the level of competition is not high. But what I have been impressed about has he has improved his completion percentage. Last year, 64% completion percentage over the season, 20 touchdowns, six picks. So far this year, 71% completion percentage, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. The dude can run to four touchdowns on the ground, 225 so far through the start of this season. And I think what stood out to me last year against Coastal Carolina, they upset the Chanticleers. He rushes for four touchdowns in this game. And Sean, you know how this football is evolving. Mm-hmm. 6-1-2-20. You look at the quarterbacks that are thought to be in that number one pick stratosphere. Spencer Rattler. I haven't been all that impressed so far this year. Sam Howell. Looked good recently, but in the big stage at Virginia Tech, struggle. Granted, that's week one, so you don't want to put too much stock into that. JT Daniels, I know you're not that high on him, more of a game-managing type. Matt Corral's been tremendous, but is he a guy that goes number one overall? You see guys like Dane Brugler salivating over Malik Willis. I don't think it's crazy to see Malik Willis to go number one overall in the NFL draft with his athleticism, improvement, and completion percentage. I think this is a guy that absolutely could be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I think you make a valid case. I think he's an outstanding player, but the draft has three different seasons. It has the season leading up to the start of college football. Yep. Up until the first snap of the college football season, Spencer Rattler was a no questions asked number one pick in the draft. Which was kind of crazy, right? And yeah. yeah. Then all of a sudden they started playing. At the same time, DJ didn't look good at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell. I think it was ground zero, wasn't it? Or game zero, or weekend zero. Or... It was It was that Friday right. night standalone game. Well, of standalone game. Yep. Didn't look good. Now he's falling off the radar. So now Malik is hot. I think more so, at least as it pertains to the number one pick, for what other guys aren't doing. Take, for instance, Justin Fields last year. He was the no-brainer number two pick in the draft all through the season. The third season of the draft is after the college football season ends. And that's when people came up with reasons for Fields to drop. It happens to guys all the time. I think Malik is going to be one of those guys, no matter how much momentum he gains during the season, he's going to drop after the season simply because of quality of competition. Well, I would and say that's not something that he can make any adjustment to. But Zach Wilson didn't drop because of the quality of competition. Also, Does it hurt him that Zach Wilson's struggling? No, and I don't think Zach Wilson is struggling as much as, like I said before the season, right. every, they could have put a uh, prime paid man on paid man on the Jets this year and they were going to struggle. <laughs> yeah, They're just true. not that good. Yeah, But I think Zach was unique because it happened during COVID. Mm. So there was a legitimate excuse why BYU – didn't play any Power 5 teams. And with Malik, unfortunately, teams, don't, they don't want to schedule Liberty. I wouldn't They've schedule Liberty. they got Ole Miss, they November do. 6th. Then that'll be his opportunity. I think last year they played NC State yep, and lost NC, late. Lost NC game. State by one, beat Coastal Carolina bowl game, beat Virginia Tech on the road. Uh, so they've played some teams. By the way, just a little nugget, uh, Hugh Freeze as the head coach of Liberty, 17-7, and seven against the spread. They have covered now 11 straight games. He knows about the spread. Minus six this weekend or this Friday night against Syracuse. All right, so that was my overreaction number one. Let's stay in the NFL for you, but let's go to the NFC, a team that we've talked about quite a bit so far today, Mm -hmm. the Carolina Panthers. I like the Panthers. 2-0. I like the Panthers to win the NFC. First of all, because they have a top 10 roster from a talent standpoint. Secondly, Sam Domino has been phenomenal since he arrived in Charlotte. 584 yards, three touchdowns through two games. But outside of the statistics, he's looked confident. He's thrown the ball with extreme accuracy. He's pushed the ball down the field, which inside of that building, their one complaint with Teddy was they didn't think they could have a vertical down the field passing game because he doesn't have as big an arm. That's why they went with Sam Darnold. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, six in the NFL, rushing yards through two games. They brought in Hassan Reddick to rush the quarterback. Tied for seventh right now with three sacks through two games. That defense is getting after the quarterback. I told you they drafted J.C. Horn. Brian He's going to be outstanding. Yeah, Brian Burns is there, Shaq Thompson. I mean, they have guys. If they can just keep it together, 
And once the competition goes up, not self-destruct, not get dumb penalties, not give up blown coverages, you know, Sam not turn the ball over, which was kind of his Achilles heel with the Jets. We haven't seen that through two weeks. They have the talent to compete at the highest levels in the NFC. All right, so you have Aaron Oster puts down a $100 bill, and instead of us just taking it and going to the bar and spending it, he says, you have to make one futures play. Would you put it, which one are you more confident in? Charge, or excuse me, Raiders 22 to 1 mm-hmm. to win the AFC, Panthers 25 to 1 to win the AFC. Panthers. Okay. Panthers. 25 to 1. Simply because that division will have the Panthers ready for whatever they face in the playoffs. But the likelihood of them winning that, I mean, both of them play in rough division. They do. When it comes to the Chiefs in the AFC West, Buccaneers Down here for the Chiefs. in the NFC South. All right, I like those. I like those overreactions. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. Talked a little more college football coming up top of the hour. Stick around right here on the Nightcap. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 